Hi, I'm Tina. And I'm Amber. And, and we're, we're the Slayer, Slayer Sisters. Sisters. All right. So for our first episode, we are going to be talking about the Bodega Brew Pub. In La Crosse. Yep. It's located at 120 and 122 South 4th Street in La Crosse. Um, it's actually was the Union Saloon way back in the day. Way back in the day. Way back in the day. Because actually it was built in 1875. Nice. Yep. Um, the additions were added in 1883. It was a tavern and bar. And it was the architect was Jewel J. Reyes. Really? Think a minute about how to pronounce your name. How is it spelled? Reyes? Reyes? That's R E A S. That's right. Um, okay. So it's been the site of a lunch pub and saloon site since 1926. Can you imagine living in La Crosse? In La Crosse. Yeah. Well, anywhere, really. Anywhere. <laughs> how cool would that be to live in the 20s? The roaring 20s. Yeah, with yes. like the fringy, like. Dresses. Dresses. And and those you ever hats. had one of those? I haven't. I have one. Do you really? I do. It's black and blue. I mean, that's off subject. Do you but like yeah. shimmy shake yeah, with, with it? Yeah, with the whole tassel, the little tassel yeah. things. And yeah. I want but one you got to have the little headband yeah. or the, the feathers. Yes. Yeah. I also love the super cute little hats yeah. that like, the ladies wore. And I'm like, you know, speaking ladies quote unquote like ladies were they ladies were they we don't know were they ladies of the night well i mean is that what we would call that would be a brothel Ooh, yeah 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 i don't think the union saloon was a brothel i didn't find that in my research but it could have been it could have been could have been disclaimer if you know if it was a brothel let us know exactly because i didn't find that in my research so we don't know that we don't so, it was actually originally two buildings. Really? Yes. Um, the corner building was originally 331 Pearl Street. So, where the present entrance was, was 120 South 4th Street. Oh, yeah, because then on the other side is Pearl Street. Yep. Yeah, because it's right there on and the And they corner. were each built in, 18, in 1876. So, they're old. So, they were... Two separate buildings that they made into one, into into the bodega. Yep. Okay. Have you ever been in there? I have not. It's actually very cool in there. Really? Yes. Lots of really old uh, beer memorabilia. Okay. But their window um, that faces 4th Street there is covered in, I think, what they have on there is like every type of beer that they have, which is the bodega is... Is more of a, I don't know if you want to really kind of say, quote unquote, like a hipster place. Okay. Like the more boho kind of thing. Like it's, you're into more of the IPAs and the darker beers and the, just the different stuff. Okay. So I'm pretty sure what they have in that front window there is like every type that they have. Oh, cool. Which is a lot. Like the, it covers like the entire front part of the building. Really? Yeah. Been in there once. Food's pretty good. Okay. Definitely a different vibe, um, but very cool inside. So I can see, and now that you say that it was built, you know, in 1875, and there hasn't really been a whole lot of renovation done to it, no. I'm guessing. No, because they wanted to keep the building as original as 
as possible. Even with like the additions, um, they still wanted to keep it as that rustic or the, the original art architecture yeah. as possible. Right. Yep. Which may, yeah, it's actually it's actually pretty cool in there. It's a very cool place. So long and narrow. Yeah. Long and that's narrow. What, yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. It's long. It's long. Yeah, it's like half a maybe quarter of a block, half a block, but it's narrow. Right, because it takes up like that entire corner now. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yep. So it was two brothers that built this, the first original store, or uh, building. Okay. It was Lorenz and George Regal. Okay. Um. Lorenz kept the corner building, and it was a grocery and liquor store. So that was the one that was on 331 Pearl Street. Which was probably prosperous back in the 1920s. Probably. Yeah. That prohibition time? No. Was that in the 20s? You never should have to look into that. I should know that. I should know that, too. What? Right? I think think it was. Was it prohibition time? Maybe. Let's stop. We're going to have to okay, check on yeah, that. Yeah, we're going to have to look it up. We're going to have to check on that. We should be better. We're, we're we, doing something about history, right? and we can't even, And we like, can't even remember you. when Prohibition Jesus. was. Oh, oh. oh, flapper dresses. Thank you. Yes. Sorry. Squirrel moment. It's fine. Flapper they wore, dresses. They wore heels with those, didn't they? They did. They wore heels and hosiery. There was a lot of, like, moving around. Like, there you was. You be fit. Yeah. Oh, or have really good, you know insoles. Not true. But well, they didn't have they, insoles. Yeah, they didn't have insoles in the 20s. Just the hosiery. Right. Um, so then George kept the one, the building on 120 South 4th Street, and that was a saloon. And okay. it changed hands a lot. Um, but it stayed a saloon until 1909. Okay. Um, and then it became a cigarette or a cigar annex um, to the bodega. Then... And the bodega at that time was located at 329 Pearl Street. So it was, like, connected, not, like, physically connected, right. but connected to the bodega. Okay. In, so it was, like, a joint uh, yep. company yeah. type. Okay. So then in 1926, <laughs> the bodega was annexed to the location at 331 Pearl Street. Okay. And the grocery store... Stayed in working order um, until Jules expanded from 120 South 4th to the corner building. So and then they just made it all one. Then they just made it all okay. one. Um, so the stories that I found um, was that a former owner of the pool room, that was actually the name of the bodega at one point in time. It was the pool room. Okay. Um, that the owner hung himself in 1901. Allegedly. Allegedly. The man's name was Paul Mallon. Okay. Um, I could not find anything in my research about him hanging that himself. he hung himself in the pool room. Um, from the research that I did, he absolutely loved this building. He loved his job. He loved, um, you know, what he was doing. So it's kind of sketchy. Yeah, it kind of doesn't make sense that he would want to hang himself. Right. Like, things are going good, but you hung yourself. Right. 
And he was the owner. Yes. It was okay. the Mallon Pool and Sample Room in the late 1800s to early 1900s. Sample Room? Yeah. Like? Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be any kind of sampling. It could be. It could be. I guess so they I'm, sampled I'm and played pool. There you go. There's pooling and sampling. I wonder what the pool tables looked like during the 20s. Do you think they looked the same? They had to have been a little different. You would think they'd be slightly different. Not a lot, because, I mean, what? No. how could you make pool tables that much different than they are today? I don't know if back then, again, would have to look it up, if they, I don't know if they had less pockets or if they were, I'm not sure. I know there's different types of pool. There are ones yeah. that don't have same amount of pockets in the same arrangement. But well, it's definitely not going to be like coin. Like, you know, you put no, like that. I would imagine the coin thing wasn't. It was probably pre-pool. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's where the sampling came in. Play pool, we'll give you some beer. Exactly. Who knows? So, I do know that Paul Mallon was born January 21st, 1849. Um, so, not old when he died. In Austria. Really? Yes. Ah, his parents yeah. were really old when they had him also. His dad was 48 and his mom was 40. I shouldn't say really old, but you know, that's like older. I mean, back then, that older was, that was older. Children. I was like, wow, I'm 47, so really old. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, and he... <laughs> Ass. Um, so yeah, he apparently died August 29th, 1901. Um, it's the age of 52, which I did... Find Evan, like find that he did die on August 29th of nineteen, but not by but nothing hanging. said by suicide. Um, so I did find an article on newspapers.com, um, which was from the Lacrosse Tribune. Okay, on um newspaper archives. Is that the other one? Yeah. Anyways, newspaperarchives.com. Um, it was on August twenty fourth of nineteen oh seven. So it said. In this newspaper article, that the former, uh, former former owner saw Mellon's ghost, and it haunts the venue. Really? Yeah. Basically, they said that, that was in nineteen oh seven. So nineteen oh six years seven. later. Yeah, and they were saying that like the they new heard owner, the new owner and employees had witnessed had witnessed um, his his ghost. Unexplained noises, ap- uh, apparitions. Okay. Cold spots. That's um, a good indication right there. And even the counter, current owner today, whose name is John Kelly, and their bartenders, they said that they haven't really experienced anything weird, but they get like a weird vibe from the place. Kind of like the hair on the back of your neck yeah. sticks up and you're not sure why. Right. So um, one of his former employees, though, did say that um, they were closing for the night and there was a stack of bricks with a big board leaning against it in the basement okay. and it toppled over on its own. And he just left it. He was like, oh, that's, you know, I'll leave it for the night. Right. I'll, he get was it. opening in the morning. Right. So he's like, I'll, I'll get, just it get it in it the morning. Tomorrow. Yeah. Well, when he came back in, the bricks were stacked back up and the board was leaning against it exactly Stop how it was. It. In the original position. And he was like, oh, okay. Thinking so he, maybe someone... Yeah, he asked around, like, did you come in early? Did you stay right. late? They're like, what are you talking about? Thinking he's a nutso. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good sign that something's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so another kind of interesting thing, though, that I found out was that another article from August 21st of 1907 in the La Crosse Review um, talks about Paul Mellon's wife, Mary. Right. Um, I remember Paul Mellon is the one that supposed allegedly hung himself, hung himself in 1901. 1901, yep. Okay. In August. August of 1901. Of 1901. So in August of 1907, um, she was awaiting uh, trial in Iroquois. For his? No, for the poisoning of her brother-in-law, oh. Carl Schmidt. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so <laughs> Carl was 65, and he was blind, by the way. Okay. Um, And he was found poisoned under mysterious circumstances in his home. Well, he's blind. Don't think he can poison himself. Right. Just saying. So, he apparently just, like, dropped dead in his house. <laughs> um, the evidence that they found was, I mean, it was all against her. There right. was absolutely no way that, that he... she wasn't involved in some way. Okay. Um, her hearing was August 31st of 1907. Um, and her sister testified on her behalf, the wife of Carl Schmidt. Testified on her sister's, on her behalf. sister's behalf yep. for poisoning her own husband. Um, but she kind of like ratted her out because it was, <sighs> oh. So according to the testimony, it had always been the desire of Mary to bring her sister to live in La Crosse with her. Oh, well, that's one um, way to get her to move. Right? Um, <laughs> Let me if, just off your husband. If she could make some disposal of Mr. Schmidt. Oh. <laughs> so she proposed to send him to a poorhouse. So I don't know, for the viewers out there, a poorhouse in the 1900s was a county or town-run residence where paupers, the mainly elderly and disabled people, were supported at the public expense. Ah. Uh. So they wanted to send him to a poorhouse because, I mean, he was blind. Right. And they didn't want to take care of they, him. Well, she didn't want her sister to. Her sister right. killed her husband. Right. You know? Well, it's not like Baroque was that far from across. But. Exactly. Um, but the plan fell through when they learned that all of his property, amounting to $700 at that time, which in today's money, that's $22,911.67. Wow. Yeah. So seven hundred and nineteen twenties. That's, that's a lot of nineteen hundreds. Big money. Yep. Um, so if he went to the poorhouse, the property would have to be turned over to the county. So they wouldn't get that money. Because it's a county run exactly. facility. Yeah. So then Mary was like, Okay, well That's not happening. We don't want to lose that money. <laughs> no. So how about um have him will all of his property to Pauline, her sister. Yeah. And then and then the uh, and then put him in the poorhouse. Yeah. But that also fell through. Because <clears throat> Pauline Didn't was work like, out so much. He's never gonna do that. Ever. So then uh Mary said, you know what? How about we just, you know, get him to sell some of the property to like a farmer. Or something. So they didn't go to murder first Not off the right bat. right away. No. I mean, she, well, that's good. She definitely wanted to, I think. But, um. Checked so, out all her options. Yes. Um. 
Because if they sold the property, that money's going to go with him to the poorhouse to support him. So, well, unless the wife takes money because he's dead. Well, so, therein lies the problem. The property was sold for five hundred dollars. Um, to a neighbor, and he actually came over to discuss the purchase. So he brought a bottle of liquor with him, and apparently there was, like, a cup hanging by the side of the door, and that was, like, the drinking cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so Colleen was outside. She was tending to the yard. Mary was in the house with the neighbor and Carl, and Carl was screaming. Apparently, like, this is, this is Mary's testimony. Right. Carl was screaming for more alcohol, so she went, got his cup, she went to the kitchen, poured him a glass, brought it back to him. Um, She's sneaky. So she, well, she gave him a drink. Mm-hmm. So later she went into the room and said that she found him on the floor, face down, gasping. That's a direct quote. Gasping. She, yeah. Because the neighbor had went outside to go talk to Colleen about the lake, the property. So it was just Mary and Carl in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, she said she ran to the door and called for the neighbor. So the neighbor came in and took him into his arms and said he smelled of carbolic acid. Which is? So carbolic acid at the time was a cleaning agent. Like they used it for like deep cleaning to get rid of germs or right. rust. Or like so, acid is the. I mean, is the operative word here? Yeah. So acid. he smells of of acid. acid. Hmm. Yep. So, I guess in the neighbor's arms, Schmidt gasped and then he died. And the neighbor was so shook up, he asked for another drink. He went to go get the cup by the door, but it was gone. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> So the neighbor became suspicious, and the next day he came over, and the cup was back. But it smelled strongly of carbolic acid. So Mm. Mary denied having a conversation with the neighbor about the cup the day before, because he had specifically asked her, where's the cup? Right. She apparently said she didn't know. But he'd been drinking, so she probably put it off for that exactly saying well he was drunk we didn't have that conversation yeah yes um but both and both women decided denied seeing the cup at all hmm. um yeah so another suspicious circumstance was mary she, who was a strong catholic by the way okay just throwing out that out there okay um she opposed to calling a priest at the funeral and Colleen cried over the death of her husband, and Mary told her that it was better that he was dead, as he now was out of the way, <laughs> and she could now go to lacrosse and live with her sister. And, and there's no suspicion I mean, it's a blessing. that she even, no investigation into Paul Mallon, right? But six years later, yeah, she's, so I'm getting there. She's in there. I'm getting okay. there. So, Months before, Mary brought the carbolic acid into the home. She brought it in because, oh, it was also used for healing. Oh, okay. So she had used it to heal a sore on her sister's leg, but it hadn't worked. Because it's acid. It's acid. (laughs) 
duh. Good Lord. Um, and then the sisters had cleaned the house, and Mary stays says she threw it away, but she wasn't sure. But she, she thought she threw it away. She don't know nothing. She just doesn't remember <laughs> shit. Does she? she? Maybe she's taking the acid. I don't know. Um, probably. Something's I mean, let's going be on. So the theory of the prosecution was that Mary gave Carl the alcohol mixed with poison. Him being blind. Wouldn't know it. Had no idea. Um, and she made this drink really strong. So he's just like, well, this is some strong stuff, you know? Um, and then, you know, like, so he clearly didn't know the contents. He clearly didn't clearly, know what was going on. So, yeah. So Literally. Then it, he didn't know that, that he was poisoned until, like, the last minute when he was right. like, why do I feel like shit? Right. And, and then gas. Now <gasps> I can't breathe. And right. And now I'm dead. There's fucking acid between <laughs> my insides apart. Like, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, like, well, I can see, like, in my head, I'm picturing him, like, sitting there and, like, cleaning his nose now. So this is, right? Like, it's just spoiling, bubbling. bubbling yeah. inside. I know. Well, you would think something's wrong. Something's right. Right. I mean, correct. Something is wrong. So, um, the missing cup has still not been explained to this day. The bottle was never found. Which is what the neighbor brought over. Yeah. Okay. Which, I mean, why would you get rid of a bottle when the neighbor brought it over? Like, it's not right? like something you bought. Right. Rude. And, like, he's not going to be like, oh, wait, did I? Did I bring did, did I? I don't remember bringing a bottle of liquor. (laughs) Like, he's clearly going to remember he brought liquor to your home. No, he didn't. It's fine. Oh. Um, So the authorities started to believe that it was a case of suicide. The man is blind. How would he know? And the acid, but it's suicide. How would he know? Like, he's searching around for, oh, wait, this one feels like. Right, because I'm sure there's Braille on there. Right. That says... This is poison. Right. Please put it in your alcohol. In your alcohol. And how would he even... I don't... uh, (laughs) I can't. Um, So she was ended up released pending an investigation, set free once, and that was September 10th of 1907. Craziest thing. I could not find anything saying if she's been... Ever convicted. convicted. Nothing. Nothing. It just stopped. It just stopped. Done. She's got two mysterious deaths in her life. And nothing happened to her. Well, and according to Ancestry.com, um, Paul passed away from an illness in the upstairs apartment. But he was found hung? No. That was what um, all the websites on, like, the uh, like paranormal had said, that okay. he was hung. That he was allegedly hung. Okay. On his, on Ancestry.com, when you look up Paul Mallon, it said that he passed away peacefully. I, I guess if you're sick, it's not really peacefully, is it's it? Not, <laughs> it's not really I mean, peaceful. You're, it was probably pretty painful. Right. I, I, um, a, an unknown illness. But he passed away in his home, which was the apartment above the bodega. Huh. Yeah. So, I mean, so 1906. A.J. Hines opened a pub, and he said, so we're getting into this play on the picture, um, he said that it was haunted by Paul Mallon. Okay. Um, and the paranormal activity was most prominent in the master bedroom of where the upstairs he, apartment. Where he would have died. Where he would have passed away. Because 
it said Paul had become terminally ill and died. So my question is, if this if his wife is out there poisoning her brother in law, did she posit or poison her husband as well? Well, if it's a mysterious illness And they never looked into it. Nothing. Nothing. They just said he died of a terminal illness. Now How again does one person get away I couldn't find, get away with that. I couldn't find anything stating that like he had been diagnosed with anything. Um, even on Ancestry and like any newspaper articles, it was just that he was ill. It did not say what he was ill with. You would think that there would be some kind of there would some kind of report. Something. Right. Like did he die of cancer? Was it tuberculosis? Like Right. I don't know. But I suppose if it's if it's a natural again, air quotes here, a natural death. Right. It wouldn't be an autopsy. Generally. Generally. Especially in the nineteen hundreds. Yeah. You know, they probably had so many different things going around. They're like, Oh, well you died. Yeah. Yellow fever. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We're just pulling shit out of the air. (laughs) (laughs) So Apparently, so two mysterious deaths this yes. woman has associated pretty much yeah. with her, which is kind of like I know that her um, case doesn't really have anything to do with the bodega itself, but it was just really interesting to me because like he mysteriously, mysteriously dies, dies of a terminal illness at fifty two years old, and six years later she's being charged with the murder of her brother in law. Yeah, which nothing came of that, right? Clearly. So, it just doesn't, I mean, it kind of seems suspicious to me. It does me. seem suspicious. I mean, the whole true crime buff thing comes out in both of us. Yeah. Like, that is pretty suspicious. Right. And every time I searched the word Mal, like, the last name Malin, like, that's what popped up every time, was her trial, or the stuff on her trial. So I was like, okay. So now we got to see what's going on. Yeah, now we got to figure out. Dive a little deeper into it. Right. So there are people that have had experiences at the bodega. Mm-hmm. With um, stuff footsteps. moving, foot, okay. footsteps moving, or footsteps all night long. Uh, now, is there still apartments upstairs? There is. I'm trying to, yes, I'm trying to think. There are. Mm-hmm. So we're um, hearing footsteps. Clinking glasses in the bar area. Um, there was also an article titled, He Saw Ghosts, He Saw the Ghost of His Predecessor. Um, in the Lacrosse Tribune, January twentieth, nineteen oh seven, AJ Hines sells the Union Saloon because Shade of Malin was there. Oh, yeah. Um, but other claims are ap- they have seen an apparition of a man walking into the bar at closing time, footsteps in the basement, orbs, uh, funnel ghosts, which is associated with skulls a lot. Okay. Um, and a poltergeist. Oh. So we pretty much have it all at the bodega. Pretty much. And you can have different kinds of beer. And good food. And good food. Yeah. All while, you know, Paul Malin totes around in there just hanging out. (laughs) When it did say that, like, he, it, you know, a lot of, when you think about hauntings. Right. You think about there's either a tragic death. Right. In one way, shape, or form. Right. Or just somebody was so attached to the property. Right. It doesn't always have to be. You know, a death. Death related. A, a murder or mysterious death. But if they do die naturally, like you said, yeah, it, if they're really attached to that, then. And he loved and this it can business. Happen. He right. loved it. 
So it would, it would make sense that right. he was attached. Um, but, you know, with the suspicions of what his wife did. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. You, yeah. And it's, uh, it's kind of mm, kind of hinky. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. No. Kind of hinky. I mean, there's really nothing that um, we can debunk either. No. You know, like footsteps. I think going there would be a lot of fun. It would be interesting yeah. to just go there and kind of be like, see if something happens. Right. You know, maybe talk to, you know, some of the people and the bartenders and be like, hey. Have you had any Have you had any experience? Which, of course, we would let our listeners know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think that would be interesting to mm-hmm. go, oh, I got goosebumps. <laughs> It just again. It I think it just would be something interesting and fun to do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I just never knew the bodega had been around that long. Like I knew it was an old building. Yeah. Like downtown Lacrosse, there's a lot of really old buildings, historical, historical buildings. buildings. Didn't realize that the bodega was was that old. Yeah, and it changed so much. Well, and like I said, the addition was what I don't know. Nineteen twenty six. No. No, no. Sorry, guys. I'm reading my paper. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, here it is. Um, the additions were added in 1883. Oh, 18, I mean, 1926, 1883. Yeah. It I was mean, close. It's close enough. Being built in 1875. And yeah. Then addition, I mean, that's pretty, you know, soon to be putting on additions. Yeah. Is that eight years? Eight years? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were like, this isn't good enough. We gotta. Yeah, we gotta add on. Right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Do yeah. it now. I mean, it just like the things that it changed. You know, grocery store, liquor store, saloon. I mean, like, I get it, it was a saloon for a really long time. Right. But there was lots of different things. Uses for it. Yeah. Which is crazy. And it's, it's interesting to know. Like, I've lived in lacrosse over half my life. Yeah. So, didn't know anything about that. Right. So, it's really cool to learn all of that. Plus, mm-hmm. you have a, air quotes here, mysterious guest. Yeah. You know? And he's the only one that has been associated with the that from one. the different claims, right? Yep. Is Paul Mallet. Okay. Because yep. as far as I know, and I mean, like, obviously, I don't have, you know, all the means to dig deeper. Right. But as far as I know, he's the only person who passed. Like, that was actually connected to the building. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm telling you, this Mary Malin chick. I know. That's a little, Girl. that's a little hinky. Did you get away with did two you, murders? Did you get away with two? Cause and with acid? How? You can't check that out? Right? Goodness. I mean, just like saying he smelt like it doesn't mean well, shit. <laughs> like, he smelt like acid. He's, well, it's probably natural. Is it some cream? I mean, think about that stuff, like the creams that they put on people back then. Well, and, right. I mean, medicine was clearly a little, a little hinky, a little toxic, <laughs> a little toxic. I mean, there, I he probably his chew probably smelled like that. I don't know if he chewed. I don't know if he smoked his pipe either. I mean, I don't know, but acid I mean, usually is is a pretty 
could give away well, that and they something's used it wrong to clean going. the house. Right, so. so it's not really ingestible. No. Let's be honest. But wouldn't he potentially smell like that because of the, like, smell of the chemicals in the air? You know what I mean? Like, if I mop my floor. Right. And I step outside and I can smell. Well, yeah. The smell of the cleaning yeah, but on my. If it's coming from his insides. Right, which they didn't specify. Like, oh, did they he... didn't. They did not Unless... specify. He said he smelled like. Unless he gasped acid. and the neighbor was like right up in his face and was right. like, woo. Woo. That's he some toxic shit going on. Right in my face. <laughs> I mean, that could be a thing. I don't know. It's possible. I would say that if someone was dying in my arms, that's the last place I'd want my nose is right up. Right up in their face. In their face. Yeah. Please breathe on me. Right. No. And also, why were you holding him and not trying to perform CPR? Do we not know about CPR back then? Like, what you were supposed to do? You're not going to try to say I mean, but if you like got here. a big whiff of that. It's true. I wouldn't want to do CPR either. No. And, of course, they didn't have berries. Barriers. No, no, no. Barriers there was none of the, the safe stuff back no, then. No, no. They were just like, get all up in it. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you got this. <clears throat> just, I just breathe. It's can fine. Can I just stand over him and blow at him? Can I just push my foot on his chest while I blow down? <laughs> no, not acceptable. You think that'll work? No, Shoot. probably not. Okay. I just don't want to get near the acid. Right. I'm not dying today, too, ladies and gentlemen. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> not happening. I am not going out today. No. Not from this chick, anyhow. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Just, I don't know. That that's was pretty mysterious. Yeah, that's two deaths. Come I, on. You know what? If I was just a sister, too, I'd be like, okay, I'm moving right now because I'd be like, if I don't, I'm next. I'm going to be ne- Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, I'm like, why would your sister? Mm. That's something we should look into. We what should. happened to Pauline? What happened? Schmidt. Pauline Schmidt. We should check we into should. it. Did she end up dying Did too? Did you move in with your sister? Did, right. Because honestly, my advice to you is do it. Because <laughs> otherwise, I mean, she's probably got the carbolic acid in she her pocket. probably does, carrying it around like a handkerchief, normal people do, and she's just carrying her own acid in her pocket. Here, have a little bit on your spaghetti sauce. <laughs> You want some tea? Would you like some tea? <laughs> it's a little it strong. It's a little strong. Don't <laughs> You're worry. Fine. It's just bad sugar. I went it's to Louisiana. Wait, that's a, I went down south one time, and they taught me how to make real strong, good sweet oh, tea. Oh, that's right. Wink, yeah. wink. <laughs> right. Wink, I wink. would not trust that sister if I was no, her. No, I'd be like, I'm cooking. Yes. Don't touch anything. I'm making all the beverages. Right. I will open my own beverages. Correct. Do not. Even breathe near don't, me. Don't touch me. No. No. Absolutely not. Nope. How about you don't wash my clothes So either? they didn't get any of the money then, right? Well, I don't well, know. They didn't say that either. They had to. They had the Pauline 500 had that to. it got. So, well, she had to have gotten some. Yeah. Which she then if, her, if she moved in with her sister, her sister was like. Give me the money. Give me the money because I just off your hubby. Yeah. Yeah. No payment. I mean, I don't think Pauline was really asking for that, but she wasn't really fighting it though. It didn't sound like no. Either. And then she's like, "We don't need a minister. We don't need a priest around here, even no, though we're no. Catholic, right? We it's don't need a fine. priest. It's fine. He's better off dead, He's honey. Just better off. Dead. You can come live with me now. Fine. You didn't need his blind ass anyway. <laughs> what did he do for you? He didn't do shit for you, so that's fine. Except we'll those just, disability we'll just checks. Just go live off that two hundred. You know." $200 in the 1900s, and yeah. we'll just have a good old time. We'll be fine. Because, you know, back in lacrosse, you know, it was pretty much 
Sodom and Gomorrah. Exactly. Basically in the 1900s. Yeah. So, I mean, let's be honest, I'd be in lacrosse card. In lacrosse. In lacrosse. So. Which we're covering that in a future episode. Yep. Note to self, pay attention, listen up, folks. We're exactly. going to be covering Ed Gein. Oh, God. Yeah, that's a, that's a whopper of a... Oh, yeah. Oh, that's going to so be a house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a... Mm. Yeah, I'm telling you, the first couple episodes we're having, they're tame, or we're doing, are tame. Yes. Compared to some of the later ones. Right. We still got um, the history. Yeah, and I think, like, in these, yeah, there's, you know, we heard a couple claims. Don't right. really go into detail. Um, but it's still interesting to learn about, like, our right. area's Area. history. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's, you know, it's everyone wants to hear about haunted places. Well, I feel like. Normal people do anyhow. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> or is it not so normal people? Uh, well, kind of not. I don't know. Huh? It's a toss-up. Yeah. I think we're pretty normal. I mean, by our standards, well, absolutely. Absolutely. We're getting a no from our sound guy. <laughs> no. Sound guy says no, we're not sound normal. Sound guy says not even close. I mean, does nope. his opinion, opinion really matter anyway? Well, his opinion does matter. I guess All opinions is... matter. <laughs> right, and he's Listen, our sound he's, guy. And Listen, he's let's my be son. So and he's your son. So let's be honest. Let's be careful here. Yeah. yeah. He might mess things up for us. Right, I don't know. exactly. His opinion does matter. His opinion does matter, I guess. All right, guys. Well, that's about all we got. On the bodega. On the bodega. Um, if you have any stories yourselves, please feel free Absolutely. to reach out to us. Um, right now, our Instagram is up and going, so you can contact us there. Slayer our Sisters 666. Um, our TikTok should be up and going here shortly. Otherwise, feel free to email, email us. Email us. Sister 666 at gmail.com. Um, we would love to hear from you. I think that's about it. I think that's about it. Our next episode is going to be Our about... Our next episode is going to be about... Of course, I would have it way over there. The Freight House. Ooh, the Freight House. Good yeah. food again. Great food. But interesting stuff that you found out on the Freight House. Oh, yeah. That's got a... That's, that's got a... That's got a history. history. Mm-hmm. Yep. So make sure you stay tuned. Absolutely. So thank you for tuning in. Make sure you watch for our next episodes. I'm Amber. And I'm Tina. Darkness Darkness is is our way of life. life. See See you in the the mirror mirror next time. time.